Hi, I'm Dr. Lori Leslie. I am director of the Indolent Lymphoma and CLL Research Program at the John Thur Cancer Center in Hackensack, New Jersey. Also medical co-director of oncology at Mountainside Medical Center. Today, I'll be reviewing abstract 372 presented as an oral presentation at the 2020 annual ASH meeting entitled Clinical Outcomes Among Real-World Patients with CLL Initiating First Line Ibrutinib or Chemoimmunotherapy Stratified by Risk Stratus, results from a U.S. retrospective chart review study. It's been demonstrated repeatedly across clinical trials in the treatment-naive and relapse refractory CLL space that certain cytogenetic and molecular features are associated with poorer outcomes in patients with CLL when treated with CIT versus small molecular inhibitor therapy. Standard guidelines, including IWCLL and CCN, highlight it is considered standard of care to check for FISH, P53 mutation status, and IGHV mutation status with or without standard cytogenetics prior to starting therapy, and that targeted therapy is strongly preferred for patients with high-risk CLL due to improved outcomes compared to chemoimmunotherapy. We reviewed charts from 516 CLL patients from 40 U.S. clinical centers. This included 68% of sites that were community practice and 32% considered academic practice. Those with either 17P or 11Q minus by FISH, mutated P53 status, or unmutated immunoglobulin heavy chain, as well as complex cytogenetics defined as three or more chromosomal abnormalities were considered high risk. Presence of any of those features or more than one feature made a patient considered high risk. Those that had a known absence of high risk features based on FISH, P53 mutation status and IGHV mutation status were considered non-high risk. However, if testing was incomplete, and known high-risk features were not present, patients were excluded. The number of charts excluded for incomplete testing in the non-high-risk group is unknown. For the 271 patients with high-risk CLL, 175 were treated with abrutinib and 96 with chemoimmunotherapy. Considering that in the real world, patient treatment assignments are not random, we performed inverse probability treatment weighting in the high-risk groups. And this is to balance baseline characteristics while preserving and balancing sample size. Those with high-risk CLL treated with abrutinib had longer time to next treatment than those treated with chemoimmunotherapy, with a median not reached in the abrutinib arm versus a median of 34 months in the CIT arm. And those treated with abrutinib were more likely to need only one line of therapy during the study period compared to those treated with CIT. So 75% of patients needed only one line during the treatment period in the abrutinib group versus only 47% in the CIT arm. We also performed intra-treatment comparisons, but due to the fact that baseline differences may reflect inherent differences associated with risk, weighting was not performed for this analysis. For patients treated with abrutinib, the median time to next treatment and percentage of patients requiring only one line of therapy was not statistically different in the high-risk versus non-high-risk groups, with a median time to next treatment not reached in either group, and the percentage requiring only one line of therapy, 82% in the high-risk versus 92% in non-high-risk. For patients treated with chemoimmunotherapy, time to next treatment was shorter in patients with high-risk CLL. Time to next treatment was 39 months in the high-risk group versus 42 months in the non-high-risk group. 
Patients with high-risk CLL treated with CIT were also less likely to need only one line of therapy during the study period, 46% of patients with high-risk CLL versus 70% in the non-high-risk group. In summary, to our knowledge, this is the largest real-world study to date of patients with high-risk CLL who received chemoimmunotherapy versus abrutinib in the frontline setting. The results of this real-world study are important because they replicate prior clinical trial results of CIT versus targeted therapy in high-risk CLL, supporting current standard practice guidelines and highlighting the importance of checking high-risk features, including FISH for 17P and 11Q, P53 mutation testing, and IGHV mutation status for all patients, but particularly prior to considering treatment with chemoimmunotherapy. Outside of extenuating circumstances, Due to inferior outcomes demonstrated repeatedly in clinical trials and real-world studies, patients with high-risk CLL should not be treated with chemoimmunotherapy. This study does raise many further questions that we hope to answer. What were the adverse events experienced during abrutinib versus CIT treatment? What's the cost of care? This is another very important consideration that we are looking into. In the non-high-risk patients, the Equipose assessment to determine patient similarity and feasibility of unbiased comparative effectiveness research between two groups unfortunately showed that the non-high-risk groups were not similar enough to compare. So waiting in this scenario was not appropriate. Therefore, the study cannot address the question of whether patients with non-high-risk CLL have different outcomes if treated with frontline CAT versus abrutinib. Additionally, and finally, the number of patients excluded for known absence of high-risk features on full risk stratification is unknown. The rate of testing with FISH, IGHV, and P53 mutation status in community practice remains uncertain and is likely variable. So hopefully this study highlights the importance of the standard of care practice of checking all patients for high-risk features to assist with treatment selection, intensiveness of monitoring, and to predict likely outcomes with first-line therapy.